I, w- I remember watching this thing and being like, oh, I used to complain. Like the things, the <laughs> things we would that I would complain about are just so seem so trivial now. Now that my eyes have been opened to uh, what David, what full David Lynch, unbridled David Lynch is like. Oh yeah, this is this is grade A Colombian oh, uncut <laughs> David Lynch. I can't, you know, I have to apologize for the for the podcast viewers or listeners who were like, "Oh, you know, this Kabir, like he's such a stickler." You know, he uh, he he hates Dougie because he's he just meanders around and and the, and the plot kind of ambles a little bit. I, I would I would no. I would give anything for just a, a little bit of Dougie to bring some grounding to this this. Uh, uh, just a cacophony of lights and sounds. So welcome to episode nine of Twin Takes, <laughs> in which we discuss part eight of The Return, which my David Lynch Sherpa, Garrett, who's with me, say hello, Garrett. Got a light. Uh, <laughs> Garrett, which... that, that, that was that was one piece of preparation I, I did for this uh, episode, so. Yeah, what, for working your uh, your impression of the homeless man? Yeah, 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 just me in front of a mirror, <laughs> just, you know, saying, got a light, uh, and then my wife saying, no, 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 more emphasis <laughs> on the light. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Garrett uh, described this episode as uh, one of the greatest episodes of television of all time. And I stand by that take. I can't. Uh, I, I knew I would disagree. Uh, <laughs> I can't <laughs> emphasize enough how strongly I disagree. Mm. Uh, uh, so let's talk about the, let's let's get the uh, what I'm sure you think is the boring, you know, the the box checking of the plot out of the way. <laughs> No, I still liked it. Uh, so, yeah. So we start it, uh, with uh, with Dark Coop driving, mm-hmm. and he's he's driving away. Remember, in the previous episode, he had uh, extorted the um, warden for a car, and he had told the mm-hmm. warden, "I want a friend in the glove compartment," which we thought correctly, as it turns out, was a gun in the glove compartment. Yes. And he's got Ray driving. Oh, well, one one little thing happens, and it seems hmm. it seems so silly to to really hone in on this this little one weird moment when the rest of the episode is just complete madness but mm-hmm. i wrote it so i'm going to talk about it uh okay, yeah, they're driving ahead. and uh and and dark coop pulls out uh some sort of oh mobile yeah. device <laughs> and he says yeah, I enjoy he this. says there are three uh tracking devices on yes. the car yes we're being tracked by three devices mm-hmm. um and, and and the phone, or I think it's like a phone app, or or it's some sort of mobile device, and and mm-hmm. it has like these weird symbols on it, and so he says, drive up closer to that truck, and he drives yes. up to the truck, and he uh, records what appears to be the truck's license plate number. Um, Is that what he's doing? I I, I just kind of thought he was like refracting some sort of <laughs> radio frequency or something. That could he, be it. He, he's there's the information from the license plate is being ingested into the phone i don't know i don't know something is happening he puts in some sort of alphanumeric combination which i thought was a license plate it could be a radio signal who knows but he uh has decided now that uh that all three tracking devices are now following the truck yes (laughs) which uh is 
uh, bizarre. And then, and then he, because I mean, he tosses the phone. He tosses the <laughs> yeah. phone, and then he throws it out like it's a burner that he used to make a, a call to like a drug dealer. <laughs> I I know I was kind of like, oh, that that looks that looks like a really useful piece of technology. I would hold, I would hold on to that. Yeah, uh, I had the same reaction. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and again, this is small small potatoes for what we're dealing with later in this episode, but. You know, if, if you're if you're the warden and you're like, I got all right, I'm letting this guy go, but we got to track him. And you're putting three devices on the car. You got to assume at least one of them is like a physical device, like a like a GPS <laughs> thing. How this phone app will somehow make the physical device think that it's somewhere else? I don't know. He's elite hacker. <laughs> he is. That's true. That's true. He does. Uh, we, we we've seen this is keeping with his character. That's true. He he. Uh, he both uh, both in the traditional sense when he when he quickly hacks the FBI database yeah, yeah. to download prison schematics, and then in the more um, metaphysical sense when he uh, is on the phone in the prison and, and just shuts off the entire security system on a he freaks it. It's called freaking with a ph. Yeah. yeah oh, is that yeah, what he, it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I mentioned that I said it before, and you just kind of like went on. And I was like, I wonder if he knew what I was talking about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's freaking. He's freaking. It was okay. something people did in like the eighties and nineties to, like, hack the telecoms with pay payphones and stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So he's he's elite, man. He's <laughs> evidently. He's black hat. Yeah, he is. Well, he's certainly not white hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then he throws his little device away. Yeah. Uh, so then the driving, and um, you remember that before, you know, either part one or part two. Uh, uh, it had been conveyed that uh, Dark Coop wants something from Roy or from Ray. Excuse yeah, me. I know. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> even though he says he doesn't, he wants, he doesn't need, but it, he needs the information. Uh, he does. He he says he says it. He says I need it. Yeah, I uh, need it. I need that information, yeah. Ray. And so Ray is driving, and this the the balls on this guy. Yeah, he's driving. And the ball's the size of his cheekbones. His, his massive, his, his his sharp cheekbones. Yeah. Uh, to tell old shark eyes who's just staring at him in this dark car <laughs> that he obtained somehow. Ray doesn't know how he got out of prison, yeah. uh, but he has such <laughs> such dirt and power on the warden that he mm. got the warden to give him a car and let him drive out. Um, Ray has the 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 balls to say, yeah, I got the numbers that you want memorized, but uh, you're going to have to pay me something for them. They get a lot of money. They get a lot of money. And uh, <laughs> Dark Coop gives him a, just a just a, the angriest stare I've ever seen. Oh, I know, right? God, I, I felt I was scared for Ray. <laughs> I was so terrified for him. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they decide to uh, to pull over because uh, Ray has to go to the take, you know, take a piss outside. And so he gets out and uh, Dark Coop is like, all right, you know, I'm tired of this guy. And he, he reaches into the glove compartment and he pulls out the gun that he knows was left for him. Mm. And it looks like he even checks it to make sure that it's loaded. He does, yeah. Um, and then he goes out and, he, and he's like, Ray, you know, uh, he threatens him and he's like, you're going to give me this information. And then uh, Ray... You know, we see Ray, uh, we see him from the front and Coop is behind him and you see Ray pull out his own gun and he points mm -hmm. it at Coop and Coop tries to shoot him, but the, the gun's not working. And Ray has somehow tricked him 
I don't understand how. Yeah, maybe he had maybe the warden like slipped him a gun, like this is how we'll take care of this guy. I, I was thinking how you could rationalize it. Yeah, maybe. Uh somehow yeah the, he has a gun and the gun that uh yeah may, maybe the warden was in on it um anyway uh ray shoots um cooper uh twice um uh, correct yeah. and if you recall from part uh one or two i think two uh we knew and actually i, I assuming that the timelines aren't all tricky and they uh, definitely are. Yeah, by they, the way. they definitely are. So that's not a good assumption to make. But yeah, but go ahead, go ahead. Are they? Because yeah, I th- I'm sh- I'm almost certain they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're driving, and then um, wait, really? Yeah, I'm almost certain. I think that's why. I mean, honestly, I think when we get to the end, you'll you'll see. Well, let me, let I, keep me, seeing, I keep seeing little things that actually won't even make sense if I uh, <laughs> don't even if I bring them up. Let now. me uh, uh, let me say why I think. It's not because okay. so he's, they're, they're driving at one point and they're, they're talking about uh, who was the other girl that he killed in part two that was f- sleeping with Ray. Uh, Her name is Daria. Daria. Okay. And uh, Ray asks about Daria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Coop says like, oh, she has to call you. She's going to call you. And so at first I was like, oh, maybe this is happening before he's killed Daria. But then I thought, no, because uh, he's probably just lying to him. Because yeah, he, I, think he, she, I think she's dead. Yeah, yeah, because he he hacked prison plans, and mm-hmm. I had I was pretty sure that it was the prison that he freaked to use the term of art. Um, yes, and that explains why he needed the prison plans. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Daria is dead already. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that that uh, in that conversation when he killed Daria back in part two, it became clear that that Ray's actual mission was to kill Dark Coop, not to work with mm-hmm. him. And so that explains mm-hmm. why Ray uh, is fine just shooting him, shooting him, and not like, you know, trying to get money for the information or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he shoots him. Uh, he's about to shoot him a third time, really to you know, uh, to make sure that he's dead, which is good instinct, but. Uh, a team of uh semi This is when the this is when the episode gets good. Yeah, uh sure. A team of semi-transparent homeless men. Mhm. Uh, the same ones we've we've been seeing scattered throughout the Yeah, season. yeah. And even yeah. in Firewalk with me. Yeah, they, they they come out and they're not they're not corporeal. Um Correct. And they start they start dancing around and huddling around Dark Coop's yeah. body. And there's this really weird, like, quiet, sinister sound going on. It's like this, it's like bass tones. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. really quiet, which is, which, which I found really even more eerie, uh, coupled with like the bizarre imagery. Uh, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes the show has like pretty good, like, CGI and like graphics and stuff. And sometimes it's really, really bad. And mm-hmm. it was quite bad here. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, uh, I think intentionally, intentionally. So it's supposed to be bad. Yeah, it just confused me. Um, <laughs> uh, and so you can kind of see Ray, and 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 the audio is kind of distorted. Uh, you can kind of hear him like freaking out and yelling and screaming. And, and he's like on his back. Yeah, he kind of falls backwards, and he's just like, yeah. "What?" Um, and then these these interesting homeless men are rubbing 
the blood from yeah, Dark Cooper's body kinda, over his face. Yeah, they're rubbing kinda like like ritualistically. Almost. Yes, exactly. Uh, and and eventually, this goes on for a while, but you see uh, a um, sphere, like a mass, yeah. uh, pulled out of his like stomach, and you see Bob's face. Yeah, Bob the demon from Firewalk with Me, who is essentially the evil in this show. Right. Yeah. Like evil incarnate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And 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 Bob is is smiling. He's having the time of his life. Uh, you know, it's, it's a good day for Bob, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, His buddies are have all come to play. Yeah. Uh, and this goes on for quite a while. It does. It does take quite some time. Uh, Ray is obviously perturbed, uh, <laughs> but kind of lets it just sort of unfold in front of him, and then eventually runs away and and gets in the car and drives away. Car, yeah. And he calls. Uh, Someone named Philip. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who that is? Uh, Phil, old Phil Jeffries, I believe, is this is who it's supposed to be. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. It's uh, got to be David Bowie. David yeah. Bowie. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I mean, if we, as podcast aside, I wouldn't remember him except for that. I was, he was played by David Bowie in, in Firewalk with me because he's not in season three. He's not in seasons one or two, right? Correct. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I think, I think they reference him, but he, no, David Bowie does not appear in yeah. seasons one. Two. And he's, he's really briefly shown in Firewalk with me. It's a scene mm-hmm. he's in. Yeah. 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 So, uh, <laughs> I just laugh at just like, you know, the threads are, it's just so complicated. <laughs> do, do you see why, you know, these, these nerds lose their minds online trying to piece all this together? Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's quite a bit, uh, quite a bit much. Um, uh, so Ray calls Philip and uh, he's like, he has a pretty good, you know, every so often I, uh, I, know. I, 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 I knew you like this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I really, I really appreciate the, the, the performances that stand out are the ones that I connect with as being real. And Ray is calling Philip and he's like, look, I, I think he's dead. Uh, I mean, I shot him. It looks like he's dead. And, and I appreciate that because Ray is, is speaking his truth. As we yeah, used to say in the acting world. <laughs> yeah, he even says something like, um, he said like, yeah, he had something kind of weird happen, but uh, I think he's dead. Like yeah. he kind of tries to describe it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but he's like, I don't got the time to describe what the hell I just saw. <laughs> I don't you know? have time. He just kind of blows pie. And, like, and I mean, yeah. obviously he's get he's only he's probably only get paid get paid or paid the full amount if he's killed, mm. Coop. <laughs> So like, why go into like, well, I killed him and then the demons showed up and withdrew his dark essence. So pay me half. I mean, (laughs) I know hopefully look, he's probably dead. And if he shows up at the farm, I'll, I'll try to kill him then. (laughs) Hopefully there's no like demon orb embedded in the body claws of the contract. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know how thorough these hitman contracts are. Yeah, you get paid half half now, half if the job's done. If uh, if you only if, get a quarter if uh... if the face of evil comes out of the body, <laughs> then you only get a quarter. Uh, <laughs> uh, so later, uh, other stuff happens, but later uh, we cut back to Dark Coop's body, and it's all bloody, and all the little homeless the homeless guys are gone, 
and he wakes up suddenly. Yes, and that's it. That's all we see about that. Yeah. Uh, but really, the only only thing that happens between then is the the music, right? Is that I think that's all that happens. Uh, yes. So we we go to uh, the Roadhouse. Yep. Is that a place that we've seen before? It's the same place. It's the place they they, they always do the music. Oh, it's the Bang Bang Lounge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also called the Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, Nine Inch Nails is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, they just play a se- a song. Yeah, the, a whole song. A yeah. whole song, and uh, it's dark and ominous. And the crowd is the cr- feeling the it. The crowd's yeah. into it. Um, I don't know what to say. Uh, it's just the Nine Inch Nails song <laughs> in the middle of the in the middle of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it almost feels just like, um, I can't remember which episodes they were, but I guess the one where we first really get to see Dougie go to work, where it felt like Lynch was trying to fit the the um, the return into a one-hour episodic kind of thing. It almost felt like he needed, like, another 15 minutes on the last episode. Yeah. And wanted to keep this one at 45, but they decided just to make it... Uh, an hour on both sides. I don't know. Um, but I ended up liking it because it, it doesn't make sense. I think if you're just watching it for the first time, but if you know what's coming, it's almost like, a, I don't even know. It's like a preview of, it's like the, it's like the calmer. It's like a, I don't know, maybe an intermission, maybe almost uh, from the proceedings. I guess you can, you can like get up, get a drink, go to the bathroom, <laughs> come back, and uh, do you think? Do you think this this, uh, this whole season is actually just a concert series with with plot uh, and <laughs> visuals, like just sort of sprinkled around? That is an interesting <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to keep that in my in the theory in the back of my head. Um, okay. Now we start uh, with uh, which is almost. Uh, I don't know. I want to say almost um, twenty-five minutes of. Um, yeah, I think that's right. It's it's about a third, mostly visual, and I'll I'll run through sort of what happens. Um, the the main the main points of what we're seeing. So, yeah, flashback to nineteen forty-five in New Mexico. It's an atomic bomb test. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sort of zoom into the mushroom cloud, and this is when that uh, this music starts. One could even say. A threnody. I'm not. I'm not familiar with that word. Uh, so, <laughs> I had to look it up too. I so the this this the um the orchestral score over the nuclear bomb. Yes, is by a Polish composer named Pindarecki, and that song is called Threnody for the Victims of Hiroshima. And Threnody is like it's like a lament. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like a remembrance, like thinking, remembering their suffering. Ah, uh, okay. Anyways, uh, it's certainly not a lament. It's like. Uh, because laments are supposed to be like sorrowful and like introspective. This is and, like, like respectful. Uh, yeah, and this is just—it's an attack. The music. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's. A, I mean, that that is a really famous piece of classical music from the 20th century. Very famous. If you say so. <laughs> you know, it's. I promise you. I actually. I believe I had before. I had that piece this i guess this this says a lot about me i had that piece oh, uh, <laughs> on my ipod when i was in college like i had listened to that on my own uh, uh so when it started off i was like huh oh this sounds like uh <laughs> you recognize like it. a 
like a second year deep cut from uh, from college for undergrad for uh, for Garrett. Yeah, I usually you know I usually try to record some audio to to usually it's dialogue, <laughs> but uh, there's very there's precious little dialogue to record in this episode. Uh, and yeah. so what I did is I recorded some of this uh, this threnody. <laughs> Yeah. Right, yeah so yeah. let me let, let's just let's just play that right now. Should we just do it? Yeah. Should we just do it? Jump right in. Oh, let's do it, please. Let's do it. Just so that the audience understands what okay. uh what eighteen to twenty two year old Garrett was listening to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> college. Maybe you know a little study in music, yeah. That uh, there it is. That was catchy. Very catchy. <laughs> was uh, now was this uh, what was this Polish uh, composer's name? His name is Pindarecki. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. You but... think this is Pindarecki's, uh, you know, Abbey Road, or or how would you? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one of his most famous pieces. Yeah, yeah. I'm Polish sure, composer. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, it was huge. I actually did a little research on it. You want to know? So sure. originally it came out, um, he titled it. Let's not get too deep into the music because we have so much plot to discuss. I know. But <laughs> I think for this piece, this piece is important. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. We have plenty of time. Go ahead. <laughs> for a second, I was like, thank you. We do have so much plot to talk about. No, Wait no, no. a second. Go ahead. Go ahead. You have a different take. <laughs> uh uh no he um originally he he composed this and it was titled like eight minutes and 50 something seconds uh as an homage to the late great john cage's seminal four minutes and 33 seconds which is the silence the orchestra's co uh maybe it's not an orchestra just one guy sits down at a piano and um the composition is right like the ambient sounds in the concert hall as it as it occurs. Anyways, so Pindarecki titled it that originally, then he changed the name. Uh, then he, he sold out and gave it a real name. <laughs> he sold out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he... You uh, know, trying to go commercial. <laughs> he uh, he met with, uh, with Vivo, and they were like, look, if you want to be... <laughs> if you want, if you yeah. want the, uh, the... If you want your ad to follow the end of the Taylor Swift music video... You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to bring it down from from thirty minutes down to eight. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you're yeah. gonna have to use a word like Threnody. Yeah. Or, yeah. We're, the they were like a Pindarecki. The the Google an, the Google Analytics can't figure out the the digits. We need you know we need some keywords to to hit it. Okay. Well, I'll start with Threnody. That's a common search term. And then uh, it went downhill from there. Yeah. It's like any. It's like any of these. Uh, you know unlikely band success story movies where they meet with uh, the, the, the recording, the, the studio and the studio is like, look, there's a formula and you've got to follow it. <laughs> and they're like, this is new, you know, experimental music. And he's like, look at all my gold records. I know how to make winners. <laughs> Penderecki. <laughs> I know what people want in the 20th century and it's Rhapsody in Blue. If you're not going to give me Rhapsody in Blue, <laughs> I'm not going to put your... I'm not going to put up your music video. And just like Prince, he's trying to buy back the rights to this day. <laughs> you know, it just keeps getting featured in, uh, you know, prestige TV. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's, uh, 
let's talk about what the audience is seeing. And the special effects are incredible. I remember going on Reddit and someone saying, it's like uh, Lynch, they just poured the entire special effects budget into this one episode. Yeah, I mean, if they do the budget by episode, he spent a lot uh, going through weird pulsating colors. And then they were like, well, David, what about the... uh, the dark homeless man. And he's like, Oh, well, what can you do with windows movie maker? (laughs) Just, just put them on 50% transparency. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, It's, I mean, it's, it's visually uh, something Uh, there's, 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 uh, there's shots of different colors and there's like almost like a cosmos. I mean, the nuclear, the, the nuclear bomb explosion looks like the real thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's true, yeah. And you go into the mushroom cloud, and that's when you go into like these reds and these grays and mm. these blacks. It's kind of like a birth-death cycle. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. Um, and like then a you, worm hole or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you get the sense that, like, I mean, look, I, I kind of uh, have the sense that this, that, that the, there's going to be some sort of something about, like, how these atomic bomb, this bomb going off, like, is the genesis of some evil. And so maybe mm. we're seeing, like, the creation of pure evil or something. You were thinking that as you, as you, I was it? thinking that. Yeah. Wow. Um, look at, look at I you. feel like I knew that already. I feel like maybe you told me this. Okay. I may have alluded to it when they showed the nuclear bomb behind. Uh, yeah. Lynch in in the fact, quite, quite a few things uh, uh, in this whole seems felt really familiar. I don't know if you had shown me clips. Back when I, I, I may have, I may have, I, I know I showed some people that we used to work with clips. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not uh, going to say who actually kind of not really people I've stayed in contact with. But, I can't uh, imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, hey, thanks Garrett. I, I will check this show out. I, you're a real stand up guy. I really trust your judgment in media. I'm like, uh, maybe uh, don't watch it. Yeah. Uh, Stay the hell away from my kids. You know, that was a, a month later, you know, all right. All right. Uh, did, they, did they react to you the way David Lynch's father reacted to him where they were like, don't have kids. And they're like, well, I got a son. <laughs> and I have a daughter now too. Yeah, and you so. have a daughter now too. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe you told me about it or maybe this is actually just what I dream every night and I'm finally seeing it mm-hmm. in reality. Just evil being born. <laughs> uh, so at one point we look at what appears to be, um, is it a gas station or there's like a gas pump in front of a barn? Yeah, is that before the birth of Bob? Before the birth of Bob. Uh yes, before. it is. It is. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a that looks like a gas station. Yeah. With the yeah. same homeless people kind of. Yeah, I, I mean I couldn't tell if they were homeless or not, but there was people and it was kind of like stop motion uh with different yeah. zoom ins and different different shaky cams and different scratching audio mm-hmm. and stuff. And you see people people moving stuff. around, yeah. And uh, then uh, we go back to more crazy visuals and you see a humanoid figure uh, that is vomiting some sort of substance. And the substance has many components, but one of them is a black ball that has Bob's face. Yep. And again, Bob on top of the world, he's loving it. Oh yeah. Very happy. Very happy. Uh, Um, Also that creature credited as the experiment same credit given to the thing that kills the couple in part one. Um, that was in that black box. That, that, Which, I'm uh, sorry. What creature? Uh, so the creature that, that vomits vomiting? the 
Garbanzonia. Um, oh, is it Garbanzonia? I, I think so. Yeah, I think it's gotta be right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, good, that's it's good gotta be. <laughs> I love you say it with such conviction. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like any of this could possibly make sense, right? <laughs> uh yeah no i think that creature is the same thing that's gonna kill that killed the couple in part one of uh yeah okay season three that makes sense they look really similar and they're credited as the same thing in the end credits um anyway so uh a couple different images uh then we go to um some sort of like purplish uh tower or mountain that's coming out of the water and at the top there's a structure yeah, no, no, no. And do you recognize that place? It's the same place as part three with the, we were talking about it looked like a Marvel universe kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where the spaceship was. It's the same world that um, okay. Coop Prime fell out of when the um, electric tree doppelganger, it's so crazy, <laughs> uh, thrust him in, out of, uh, into inexistence, right? Or unexistence or whatever it was. Yeah, that's where he landed in the same world. What an insane sentence. This is why this show is the greatest show ever. I'm, I'm getting more and more convinced. I mean, this, <laughs> there's nothing There's nothing even close to this on television ever. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you. There's nothing else like this on television. And if there is, I mean, I wouldn't be watching it. Uh, so I don't know for sure. Um, so uh, we go into the structure... And there's a, uh, I get the sense that it's kind of like a prison. Um, it kind of makes sense. So? Yeah, it kind of oh, makes yeah, sense. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, it's like Alcatraz, huh? Yeah, because you go in through like a very small black window at the top of a tower. It felt like a prison. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, I didn't think that, but yeah, that makes sense. And uh, and now I remember that must be the same window that he came through in episode three when he was dropped onto that terrace. Hmm, uh, I don't know. Good question. That's a good so, point. Uh, he comes in and there's a woman sitting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's just kind of enjoying some old timey uh, record music. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. She enjoys it for a while, uh, and then <laughs> some sort of—it's—it's uh, it's almost like an alarm. It's like a yeah, yeah, like a low key alarm goes off. Yeah, I think that's right. Man. This man shows up. Uh, he's wearing a tuxedo. I wrote in my notes that he was a butler, but I don't really know what he is. He, people call him the giant. The giant. But he's in the he's in the original series as well. He he appears. Okay. Every once in a while. He's an old man, uh, mm-hmm. bald, and his head is very interestingly shaped. It's like there's, yeah. I don't know, he, he, there's something vaguely unhuman about him. Yeah. Um, I guess he could be tall. I don't know. I don't know what the perspectives are, and I don't have the dimensions of the weird prison that this woman is living in. Yeah. Um, but he comes. He looks at her a little bit. He looks at this weird, like, bell-shaped thing that's making the sound. He looks more closely at it, and it stops. He looks at the woman again, then he uh, walks away. Very slowly. Very slowly, yeah. It cuts to him. He's still walking. He goes up some sort of staircase. And it's like an old-timey theater Mm -hmm. uh, with no seats. um, (laughs) Just a projector and a a big screen. Mm -hmm. And he then proceeds uh, to watch... What we just watched, starting with the atomic bomb test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, somehow he is spared the the twenty minutes that I, we had to endure. <laughs> For some reason, we're watching the director's cut, and he's watching, <laughs> you know, the cut that made it to theaters. Uh, 
and he just cuts right to Bob being born. Can you imagine how good the show would have been if they just replayed uh, the entire I was thing? I was terrified that that was going to happen. <laughs> uh, I really was. Um, selling out once again, Lynch selling out. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's, he, it's, it pauses on on uh, Bob being born, and he's like, yeah. Uh, and then the um, he turns to sort of put his back to the screen, and he starts floating up in the mm-hmm. air. The old woman has appeared on the scene, the same woman from earlier. And there's like a spotlight following her. And she looks at the old man who's now like floating and like planking in the middle of the air for some reason. <laughs> and uh, a gold light comes out of his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, the woman seems happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it forms into an orb. Yeah, yeah. And it floats down to her and she kind of like uh, receives it. And <laughs> she would get a sweet, sweet cameo. We see Laura Palmer's <laughs> face on the orb. Yeah. So now, what did you think when you saw that? Look, I mean, I what, mean, is, what is this? No, is this okay, Laura so, Palmer or is this the idea of Laura? No, Laura Palmer? this is this is obviously the black ball that contains Bob is like evil, and yeah. the gold ball that contains Laura Palmer is like goodness, right? Right. Yeah. I, there's a lot of people who think it's actually Laura Palmer. Which I think is is insane. That's stupid. I mean, I, I, it's, the I agree. Same, it's the same foot a picture of her that you see at the beginning of every episode. Right. Yeah. It's just like goodness. It's just that's what it means. I think. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm glad we see eye to eye on this because there's a lot of people who are like, you know, this is the birth of Bob, and then this is the birth of Laura Palmer, and then they fight. It like turns it into like a Marvel film. I, I can't <laughs> believe it when I when I hear these. I mean, I don't want to insult these people. I'm sure they know way more about Twin Peaks than me, but it just seems insane. This just seems crazy to me. Are you telling me that Laura Palmer is not going to like, uh, not going to have a competition with Bob, and then just you know assemble the uh, the Avengers of uh, of Twin Peaks? Log Lady comes flying down. Log with, Lady with a is jetpack. Like, <laughs> Iron the Iron Man face opens up, and it's it's uh, Log Lady. And log yeah, yeah. is uh, log is Groot from uh, <laughs> from the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, we can do the whole cast. Log lady, yeah. you son of a bitch. Sorry, I'm late, Laura. <laughs> oh, you think man. I'd let this party start without me? <laughs> so that's funny you say that. We're going to come back to that because I have. There's more people think this. <laughs> they, they, there's a there's quite a bit of truth to what you just said. Uh, <laughs> just wait just wait good it's, good it's coming at the very end but just wait everyone's waiting for the we've seen all the all the movies building up to it i just everyone wants to see the uh the coop prime versus dark coop fight <laughs> it's all coming together yeah, yeah they yeah. they they uh they anticipate each other's moves perfectly because <laughs> it's the man who knows him best <laughs> their fists in pack in the middle of the screen <laughs> yeah, and bright no. lights erupt yeah. on either side yeah, exactly. as they're grimacing and and then it cuts to Light or uh, dark. Who will win? <laughs> yeah, the uh, they they punch their their fist touch, and uh, and like a shockwave goes out that pauses everyone except for except for Miguel Ferrer who's like walking around, <laughs> and he's like just as the prophecy foretold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, back to whatever reality we were talking about. The uh, the old woman uh, kisses the ball, mm-hmm. and then le- releases it. Um, and it floats. It goes into a tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get weird. 
like a steampunk kind of like mechanism thing. Yeah, but like the CGI for the tube is like almost cartoonish. Is it? So I, I, didn't, I didn't remember thinking that. Uh, it just looked really shiny. I don't know. The tube is, is gold and everything else in the yeah. scene is black and white. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then this ball goes through the tube and it kind of drips it out uh, and it floats towards the continents of the United States. To the screen, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah because a, a map appears of the world and it floats towards uh, what looks like Twin Peaks area. Mm-hmm. But we don't really see exactly where it goes. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Now we go to 1956. Yeah. This uh, is the this is the last third of the episode, I guess. Yes. There is a uh an egg that hatches. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a beetle. Yeah, so apparently Lynch called it a frog moth in one of in an interview. So. Oh, frog moth. Okay. So it's yeah, it's basically a frog with with wings. Mm-hmm. Um I would characterize them more as beetle wings, but you know, David Lynch's mind birthed this creature, so I'll let him call it whatever the hell he wants to call it. Yeah, it does look like more like uh, beetle wings. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I agree. Um, so then you have a little like '50s uh, couple that look like they just came from like some sort of like sock hop. Yeah, like a young couple. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe even middle schoolers. Yeah, they're, I, I would peg them at like, you know, fourteen. It's, it's a it's a pair of of what appear to be fourteen year olds. Uh, come out of some sort of dance and they're they're walking out and she finds a little penny. There's very different cuts, but but we'll continue with their plot, I guess. Um, up until the two plots converge. But uh, okay. they're walking and they're basically having just really nice, like cute, nervous conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then uh, they reach her house and then he gives her a little kiss. And then uh, she walks into her house and he walks home. Yeah, really good acting. Uh, such good acting, it almost throws you for some of the show. Because a lot of the show, right, it's melodrama. But these kids, especially for young kids, the yeah. acting is pretty spot on. Like, she has a really funny, awkward, like, going into the house kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, this this is probably who these people are. The acting is so good, I thought. I thought it was, I thought it was good acting. Um I mean, you know, it's a 14-year-old guy and girl that convince you that they're a 14-year-old guy and girl, but they're in the 50s. I mean... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's not... This is just... This is regular acting. <laughs> I think you've I think you've forgotten what, like, regular television and film is like. <laughs> because you're 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 so impressed that... You, that oh, this, this actor, like, he's supposed to be in the 50s and, like, he, he seemed like he was in the 50s. <laughs> You might be right. I might I might be losing touch with like uh, popular culture. Do you do you watch like The Crown and you're like she she's playing the queen and she talks like she's royalty? <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we'll come back to their story later. Uh, in the scene, what appears to be the same time period, um, mm-hmm. you have. Uh, uh, an older man and woman driving in like their you know fifties car, mm-hmm. and they come across uh, uh, a couple, at least two weird homeless men, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them comes up to the car, and the old man. Uh, I guess this is a uh, a different America where uh, <laughs> the rich yeah. are willing to give to, to speak to the poor. <laughs> I had the same thought, which was, uh, there's no way in hell yeah. you slow the car down for this guy nowadays, yeah. right? This guy is like super homeless. And as you get close to him, clearly like dead or evil or something. Yeah, yeah. Completely and deranged, obviously. He, he keeps saying, uh, 
Got a light. Got a light. Got a light. And he he even opens the car door, and the gold the old guy and the I, I, he's kind of uh, struck by fear, I think. Yeah. Or he's yeah. struck by something. The, this homeless man has like the ability to like freeze people. Um, I think he's terrified, and then um, and then another guy comes up with a similar kind of look, and I think yeah. that's when and he that's comes when up, they realize something is is yeah. not. On the, the another homeless guy approaches the the passenger seat, and the woman is screaming, and it's actually a cool little audio thing. It's because you can hear that she's screaming, but it's like weirdly muffled, mm. and so it's as though the driver. What I felt was like the audience was hearing from the driver's perspective. Yeah, and yeah, this homeless yeah. man has like somehow possessed his him his faculties in some way that he can't even hear his wife screaming properly yeah i think he's it's terror i think this is like him experiencing terror yeah maybe. yeah um and and yeah the homeless man keeps saying got a light yeah got a light got a light over and over again with the same exact i mean it's the same recording i mean it sounds like mm-hmm. uh and uh eventually he snaps out of it and drives away mm-hmm. uh the uh homeless man looks around and uh, starts walking away. Uh, <laughs> so they got away. They got away, yeah, yeah. To their credit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, later, uh, you see the homeless man uh, approaching a radio station. It's mm. placing some nice uh, 60s music. And you see a couple people. Actually, wait a minute. Is the Are the old man and the woman the man and the woman in these shots? Inside the radio station? No, 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 no. Outside. So you 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 see uh, there's a there's a disc jockey, a disc jockey, a DJ. <laughs> God, <laughs> a, a DJ. He'll be there in two shakes of a lamb's tail. <laughs> yeah. A uh, a DJ uh, playing some like you know nice like fifties sixties music, mm-hmm. and you see three people enjoying the music. One is a guy fixing a car. Oh, that's interesting. And now that I think about it, it's the same kind of car that they were driving. Hmm. That's There's a woman at a diner. Yeah, she I think that's a different there. woman, though. Maybe it's not. I, I, I don't know. Good point. I'm not sure. Now that you say that, maybe it is a different woman. Uh, and then the third, the third person is the girl who kissed the boy earlier. Um, yes. Yeah, and so that's she's... why I think maybe it's these three people because you're the only three people that have been affected by the homeless men. Well, but the girl hasn't had any kind of encounter with the homeless man. Oh, that's guess, true. That no, you're right. You're but right. Then again, she she did encounter that penny, right? Maybe that's, that's... true. <laughs> and, and, well, no, no. The only reason I say that is because the actor who plays the main homeless guy that we're talking about, he's actually played Abraham Lincoln in like um, fourteen different productions of I don't know film and stage. I guess I don't know. Um, he what? looks quite a bit like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. And when she picks up the penny, obviously, what? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah are, are you are you telling me that that in twin in the show Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. her picking up a penny, and the homeless? I man don't know. I'm just throwing are, it out. There. Are linked because the actor who played the homeless man <laughs> has know. played Abraham Lincoln. That's the <laughs> most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> he looks. He looks like Abraham Lincoln. I mean, uh, that's no one can you you can't disagree with me on that point. She picks up that penny. She comments on that, you know, oh, look, it's heads and uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it landed heads up, which means it's good luck. Yeah. Maybe that's, 
you know, is foreshadowing for what's going to happen to her when she goes to sleep. I don't know. <laughs> and, then, and then later, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis shows up and uh, <laughs> reprising <laughs> his role as Lincoln. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> I don't know. I was just trying to figure out. I'm sort of thinking of a way. That, I can't. Uh, you know, I will. I will quit this podcast if that turns out to be the connection. <laughs> that would be. That's too much. We need to go back and see if um, those people in the car are the same people working on the like, like the mechanic and the. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It'd be weird if they're just random people. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't think it'd be weird. You know, it's just people who are being affected by the radio, which we're about to talk about. Okay, well, regardless, uh, there's there's three people listening to the music. It's mm-hmm. a guy fixing a car, a woman at a diner, and the girl that we saw earlier. And the homeless man comes into the radio station. Uh, it's unlocked, which, you know, it was a different time, I guess. <laughs> and uh, uh, and she, he, uh, the homeless man approaches the receptionist who's there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he uh, terrifies her into, into, to, into freezing for a second. And then he uh, quite horrifically uh, crushes her skull with his hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he did, he did also ask her uh, for a light, I think. Yeah. Got a light. He just got keeps saying it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he then proceeds into the uh, DJ booth. Mm-hmm. And then uh, crushes the skull, uh, or or holds down the skull of the DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets uh, on the radio. Yeah, and he st- he he repeats this this uh, mantra, I guess. Yeah, and I, and I tried to write it down. I, he repeats it many many times, but I had trouble figuring out exactly what it was. So what I got was, this is the water, this is the well. Drink full, this is the end. Drink full something. I don't know what he says. The horse is the white in the eyes and dark within. Yeah, that's pretty close. I have it up on Wikipedia right here. Okay, According to Wikipedia, they say, this is the water and this is the well. Drink full and descend. But I think you're, I think you're, you're, I think you're right. I think Wikipedia is wrong. I'm going to do a quick edit right here. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then he says, of course, the horse is the white of the eyes and dark within. Okay. Uh, it's not easy to hear. I mean, he says it probably 15 times. <laughs> yeah, at least. At least. Yeah. I think that's generous. Uh, and uh, what, what we see is every other through the three people uh, start all pass out mm-hmm. because of um, this, uh, this mantra. This beautiful tune, yeah. Um. And then uh, after he's uh, he's saying it, um, he uh, then crushes the skull of the DJ. It's again quite horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he leaves. He walks out into the night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we should say right. These people aren't homeless. Like we're we're using that as a way to describe their appearance, but yeah, you know, they're by well, no means. I mean, I don't know well, that don't this know. guy. Sure. Maybe that, they don't have homeless. That, uh, <laughs> This guy, yeah, this guy uh, crushes skulls, then goes home, and his wife is like, "Honey, how was your day?" And he's like, "Crushed two skulls. One couple got away from me." And, and he's like, well, go kiss Sunny Jim goodnight. He's been waiting for you. Oh man. We cut to. We don't see anything of the guy working on the car or the woman in the diner, but we see the girl again. This wonderful, innocent girl who found that heads-up penny and thought it was going to be her night. Boy, was she wrong. 
Yeah. You know, it's funny. She, I, I noticed this time because I knew it was coming. She, she actually reaches to turn off the radio, I think. And she gets too tired. I don't know. I kind of like that. Oh, it's like she was trying to stop it. I don't think she was trying to stop it. It was just like a very natural piece of direction, which was, you know, if a 14 year old girl is listening to some music and then, and then some a weirdo weird. starts talking, she's going to turn the radio off. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I liked it. It was a good little piece of direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the frog moth, uh, comes and, and, uh, gets on her bed right next to her face. Her mouth While she's opens. passed out. Yeah, yeah. While she's asleep. Yeah. Her mouth opens and it crawls really disgustingly right into her mouth. Mm-hmm. And then her mouth closes. Yep. And uh, there's no like swallowing motion or anything. It's just it's just in her. Um, <laughs> and uh, the 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 fading out shots with the credits are um, are on her sleeping. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the that's the episode. So what did you what did you think of the episode? I mean, I mean, I, I'm on record. I, I love it. I think it's one of the best episodes of television ever made, if not the you're gonna best. Go, you're going to go uh, full A? Going full A. a plus? I, I don't know what that means, right? Do those exist? I'm going full <laughs> A. I'm going full I'm going I'm APA. Going I'm getting, you, get, you get five. Uh, you get a five in your GPA uh, calculation. APA. All right. I mean, you gave an A to the last episode, too. So, yeah, yeah. You know, watch your curve. <laughs> no this is this is a this is a this is obviously all right well uh i uh i have to tell you this is an f this was oh an f you hated f, it yeah. i hated it yeah yeah this, wow. is, this is bad this, this is the is worst really one you've seen yes uh without a doubt um <laughs> i mean I, seriously i gave a i gave a uh a d minus to episode three yeah, which is I thought was which covered so much more ground than this. <laughs> yeah, that and you know it's funny. Um, that I feel like I think I gave that a A minus. A minus. Yeah, that's kind of like the Lynch is trying to do episode eight, but has a few hiccups. This is <laughs> this is Lynch sticking the landing. Oh man! <laughs> uh, so tell me, tell me. What does uh, what do our good friends at AV Club have to say about this? Oh, this was an A. They gave they sure. they, they knew sure. they knew it was an A. They knew. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't you can't beat this. This is this is incredible. I like to imagine there must have been someone like I know people don't do this anymore where they just flip through the channels, but there must have been someone just flipping through. Oh yeah, Showtime's uh, coming up. I wonder what. Uh... And then it's just you know it's just some. CGI thing vomiting, uh, and then <laughs> and then the late actor's face, you know, on the orb, and then just just you know, and then that crazy Pindarecki piece is just playing. Yeah, and then they see that the homeless, uh, the homeless man asking for a light, and they're like, "Well, I loved him as Lincoln, so I'm going to keep watching." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, me